Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's BudPod 137. 137. 137. Humvee um, Heaven. Humvee Heaven is the name of my new car shop. <laughs> and we only sell enormous Humvees. I tell you what, COP26 has been terrible for us. <laughs> Come on down to Humvee, Se- Humvee Heaven. <laughs> do you think um, that people who, have, uh, who sell Humvees should do like what... what um, what uh, firearms sellers do in America every time there's a huge outrage and they just quickly go, quick, quick, they're going to take them. They're definitely going to take them now. And then the sales go through the roof. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. Panic buy a Humvee. That's, that's our <laughs> business model at Humvee Heaven. There's nothing I can think of that is more American than panic buying a Humvee. <laughs> Apparently it's all Schwarzenegger's <laughs> fault, the Humvee. Oh, really? What what Because it's like it a, a Humvee is like a US military vehicle. And he got like yeah. a modified one he was driving around because he was just all massive and an action hero. And I think he popularized it. I don't think it was really a Very thing. I think it, in large part, it's Schwarzenegger's fault. And I think he's sort of said, you know, I regret it or whatever. <laughs> is there something... I regret it. Is there something much funnier in a low-effort Schwarzenegger impression, given how many people do a high-effort one? Oh, yeah. Depressed Schwarzenegger is a hilarious character. (laughs) I regret it. I regret it. What have I done? What have I done? done? (laughs) Um, Also, apologies, listeners. There is someone... There's there's a man a-mowing outside my flat... Well, it's 12 days of Christmas, Pierre. Went, this, and this is the first day. One man a mowing. One man a mowing. I don't think mowing the lawn, mowing a big patch of grass, is very autumnal, is it? Well, no. Apparently it doesn't grow very... Uh, according to um, uh, a man who, who mowed my garden, which is not a euphemism, or maybe it is, he said... Um, yeah, because it's winter now. It's getting cold. Grass is not, you know, going to slow down on the old growth there so it's more of a summer activity i would say mowing yeah the sound of people mowing the lawn is a classic summer sound Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. guy i just had a look he's mowing the lawn but like the lawn it's like a patch of grass big grass like square thing and he's mowing it but it's like he's mowing it through the leaves like he doesn't give a fuck he's just like mowing over the leaves yeah like he's had a breakdown yeah, he he's not in it for the love of it. That man doesn't love he's not to in mow. It for the mowing, he's not in it for the mowing. Did you know the the sound of of uh, of lawn mowing for me is also the sound of uh, an FBI informant living under protection with a new identity. <laughs> he, he's mowing his lawn. <laughs> Whenever I see a man mowing his lawn, I'm like I'm always like he he's under protection. He's he's informed on the mob. <laughs> 
a guy mowing his lawn in dark sunglasses and a low baseball cap. <laughs> Have you seen that enormous uh, mafia trial that's going on in, in Italy right now? I, I, I think I saw when they all got arrested a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, 70 were sentenced or something. Like 70 individual mafia members were sentenced. Whoa. It's, like, it's the biggest trial for decades. And That's a whole family. Yeah, well, well, so the Italian mafia is not really like single... Uh, it's not really run by single families anymore. They're like huge co-ops, essentially, of... This one has like 150, like 50 families or something. Like lots and lots of different mafia right. families, but all under a single umbrella mafia corporation. And and it's you know, a lot of the work's been done by this one chief investigator who's been living in police protection for 20 years. Bloody hell. Ima- imagine having the balls of that guy. That guy doesn't give a fuck. Like, you, know, you know what's 20 amazing? 20 years I live, I live I'm in fear because I just need to, I need to take out the Italian, the entire Italian mafia. <laughs> the original oh, mafia. The actual mafia. Yeah, not, not, some, not something that we call the mafia. I'm in Italy and it's, th- it's them. It's not, it's not a Twitter mob. It's the mob. <laughs> when they do the a pylon, mob. they do it with bullets. <laughs> uh, uh, I just think, like, fucking hell, the balls on this guy. Like, do- I, I think, from time to time, I think, I, 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 I make the world a better place. I, give, I do my bit for society. I make people smile. But I would never, I wouldn't give up 20 years of freedom to take down... A group of people famous for torture and murder. <laughs> do you think, though, that like if you're under police protection, they have to do your shopping for you and stuff? Because I might do it for that. Ah, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. That could be all, all the right. donuts you want. Mm. All the donuts you can eat. It's, um, do you, I always read when you read about like um, these mafia guys who often have been on the run since like the early 90s or the 80s sometimes. Um, cartel guys have it as well. And they just like move from safe house to safe house. And they always say like, oh yeah, he spent 15 years being brought, you know, pasta or whatever in this fucking safe house with like no windows and like a tiny courtyard that's so, it has to be a courtyard of a building that where the walls of the courtyard and the building are so high that you can only see in from like directly above it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Often there's not even that courtyard. And there's just like, yeah, I spent 15 years like that. No windows, never left. And you just think, is it worth? Is it worth all the hundreds of millions? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like you've made you've made fifty million dollars from cocaine. Yeah. And you you can't. You have to live it in a hole. It's like, you, is it worth it? Yeah. Was it? Is it still balanced out right? Yeah. You you're yeah you're you're one of the, you're te- technically secretly one of the richest men in the world, but you live like a, a hikomori in Japan who lives with his mum. <laughs> Or like just a lonely guy who's like forty and just plays anime dating games all day. Like that's essentially you, but it, you're more horrible than him. That's the only thing you have over him. <laughs> you're more horrible than him. Yeah, you're you're you have a net negative influence on the whole world because you still you still have people fucking murdered from your hidey hole. Hidey, hidey, hidey hole. Hey Pierre, you know how I've inj- I injured my arm, right? Yes, yes. I've been given, as part of my physiotherapy, I've been given this device Ooh. called a Compex, and it, it it gives me small electrocutions in my muscles to get to stimulate them. Oh yeah. And I've I've just hooked myself up. I've hooked my arm up right now, 
side of this table. I've got like these pads. It's basically like I feel like Frankenstein's monster. Basically, I've got these pads, two across my bicep and two across my tricep, and they send little electric pulses through your muscles, and it bypasses your brain's electric um, signals, and it just gets your muscles to like that move, like a frog's leg Ugh. in a kid science class, and it's supposed to be good for your arm because it gets the blood flowing and stuff. Yeah, because um, I'm using my right arm less, so I'm get, I'm using science to keep my right arm active. Yeah, with science. So I'm just gonna. So if you if you hear a little, dup, 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 dup. if if it's if it's noisy, I'll I'll I I won't I'll stop it. You've become but... mechatine. Mechatine, the power of a thousand wanks. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, ah, ah. Yeah, it's quite weird when the, when you start the electric pulses at first. It feels very unnatural. Ooh. I remember. Okay. Like you can buy those, right? But you put the electrodes on your stomach, and just all day it's sent, it's doing that to your abs, and it's supposed to give you That's abs. It. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Do you think that? I mean, the the reason that people have abs is because like they have to be visible, right? It's low body fat that gives you abs. Low body fat, but also like those individual muscles have been targeted so intensely that they start to push out. Yes. Between yeah, well, the sinews, so they get the shape, right? Yeah, but then you get like, did you ever have those guys in your year at school who were like, when you were like 14, and they they were just built like fucking scarecrows, but they had six packs? Yeah, I always hated those guys. It's like, you haven't done anything, you just... But that's what I mean, is that like, the the real thing should be like, okay, yeah, put this electric robot on your stomach, but also you need 3% body fat. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, yeah. some tiny percent. Um. Yeah, I'd love to pop these on my abs and just get like, <laughs> just get like this this ripped six pack, but that is sort of distended over a round belly. Wouldn't that be horrible? <laughs> like you've painted it on. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be gross? Uh, it would be really funny if you went in and they were like, oh, "Your arm doesn't seem to have healed at all," and you're there with like a like a glistening six pack, and you're like, "Hmm." And a ripped penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A penis that looks like how your arm should look. <laughs> and you're just like, that's strange. You're using, you're using your new arm penis to hold your chin. That's strange. <laughs> hmm. Uh, well, I've been putting it on my arm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, how long do you have to... 23 minutes, roughly. 24 minutes. How many weeks um, of this bionic 23 minutes? Bionic Wang? Well, I guess until I get better. Until I'm able... Until I have the power of a thousand wanks! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's really weird because it's like your body not being able... It's like your body can't control itself. But your, your arm, if you pump... And it's up to you to pump up the, the current. Um, which is quite terrifying. So you could make it go all the way up like... Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You can, it goes like I'm on like two and stuff now, and it feels a bit weird. And you can go up to nine hundred ninety nine. Oh, ah, oh, these would be so good on like a. <laughs> these would be so good on like a stag do, where you have to try and down drink a, your drink while this thing is going blah blah, blah on your arm. <laughs> that would be great, man. <laughs> oh god, it, it feels unnatural and weird. Apparently, it's good for me. Oh, now my arm's really going now. It's like jiggling back and forth. Oh, doing anything. It's really weird. How long before you do just 
just pop it on pop it on your knob. I I guess your knob your, your knob's not a muscle. I, get, I don't think I'll ever get bored enough. I'm going to electrocute my dick. To be honest. Well, your dick's not a muscle, so you'd have to put the electrodes around like maybe the base or something. Well, you have to put it sort of at the beginning and sort of t- further down the muscle so that the electric pulse current goes through the muscle and stimulates it, you see. Yeah. So you have to, f- you have to find the spots. If it, by the way, if you hear booping and beeping, that's me turning the power up on my own electrocution. <laughs> like like I've been sentenced to death in Texas, but uh, but they don't have the budget for an execution there and I've got to do it myself. Or just like Texas has become, Texas has become so libertarian that people have to execute themselves. <laughs> if you want to electrocute yourself you can do it <laughs> I don't want no government coming and telling me how many amps of electricity <laughs> I can pass through my body okay <laughs> that's that's between me and God I don't want no federale coming down here from Washington <laughs> telling me how many kilojoules I can reroute through my dick it's between a man and his wife. <laughs> I like the idea of a really, a really like uh, outspoken libertarian fetishist. That's a really good character. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex positivity is a human right. I don't know what he said. Like. Ain't We're... nothing wrong with furries. <laughs> buddy. As long as they got a gun. Buddy, buddy, you think you're a wolf? That's fine by me. <laughs> as long as you leave me to my gimp box. Jimmo, there's a period, was it you and me who was getting a lot of tweets from, like, these dog fetishists. They wear these sort of, pl- these sort of plastic dog outfits with leashes and stuff. Oh, the pup pup play, the pup play pup people. Pup play, that's it. It wasn't me, was yeah. it you, or was it uh, someone I think else? It was we me. Know? It was you. No, I think it was me. Maybe, yeah. I got some like fan tweets from just just a tweet from time to time. I get them. They say real funny on live with Apollo, or whatever. And I looked at it, and I looked at the. I was like, something weird about this. Look at the profile picture, and there's a guy in a dog gimp suit. Yeah, I remember well, I, this I'm now. Glad they like. I guess that you know. But the pop players need comedy, need a laugh as well. Yeah? But it was funny that yeah, they were yeah, using yeah. it was using their like fetish account just to be like, uh, "Great set the other night." Anyway, cheers. Just nothing to do with the <laughs> fetish. It's like, um, yeah, I remember that because I remember like the the profile picture from a distance when it's still like the little profile icon. You think, what is that? Anubis? Yeah. Is that the dog headed <laughs> god Anubis? <laughs> Yeah, it looks a lot like he looked a lot like Anubis. A a a, a new a noob a nude. Hmm, is there a porny name with that you can work with Anubis? A, a nude bish. What's a bish? A bish like is a bitch. A, bi- yeah, yeah, like a yeah. That works in a dog context. A nude bish. Nice. Yeah, there we go. Okay, there we go. A nude bitch. I think a nude bitch is fine. A nude. Bitch. A nude bitch. Yeah. Okay, we're we're up to ten on the bicep. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like bud pods become like Howard Stern. <laughs> we got we got Phil Wang electrocuting himself over here. How's it going, Phil? Like these funny like little pranks they do on each other. American radio shows. I'm gonna move the pads on on the bicep because it doesn't seem. To... 
Doesn't seem to be that intense. Maybe I'll move it down a further here. Yeah. Could you um could you do an experiment and maybe electrocute yourself in such a way that you get one like incredibly firm and strong buttock? <laughs> I mean I mean theoretically I suppose I could. Yeah. Well what if you put them on your put them on your tits? Get big square tits. Phil was so obsessed with what electrocuting himself... What <laughs> Phil got so obsessed with what he could electrocute, he didn't stop to think about what he should electrocute. <laughs> oh, God, that's weird, that's weird. Oh, God, I'm on a weird spot. Oh, God, that was weird. I, I had a weird thing go through my arm there. Okay, I'm moving it back. Ooh. I think that... I'm not sure if this is nonsense, you know. I don't know if you have the anatomical knowledge required to correctly target the muscle groups, do you? You need to get a diagram this, or something. This is it, did you... I was just told to target the fleshy bits. And what about your arm, etc. Oh, 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 okay, that's it. Feels a little. We bit were all told to target the fleshy bits, Phil, when we were at school in sex health class. <laughs> well, while I'm, while I'm getting electrocuted, shall we do a correspondence special, Pierre? We should, and we must, and we will. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. As I electrocute myself, give me my as I electrocute myself, Pierre, give me my last meal of correspondence. (laughs) Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, we've got a little message from Pete. Pete, how sweet the feet of Pete. Pete, how sweet. Um, so Pete, Pete has done something quite strange, I think, which is to send us an email, but the story is like a different email that he's attached with a PDF. Okay, so he's written like like a public apology on Twitter. He's written it on on a different format. Yeah, it's like Inception. Okay. He's, he sent us some Inception correspondence. Okay. So the first layer of the of the email says, "Dearest buds, Has I hope sent both- it on a, on a Pete DF. Ooh, a Pete DF, a Pete DF. Uh, dearest buds, I hope you're both surviving the mundane realities uh, uh, of lockdown slash pandemic. Who knew global crisis could be so dull? I'm a huge fan of the show. Praise Redacted. It occurred to me I have my own rancid story to share. I hope you enjoy. Um, all the best, Koji Pete. So here we go. 
the the it's it's budpodstory.pdf, which is good. <laughs> and what it, organized guy, Peters. It's entitled The Last Post. <laughs> oh, I didn't like the last post. Uh, yes. Oh yes. Which can be played on trumpet without using any of the valves. Oh. The whole point is it's all overtones. I think it was for yeah, so it is to be played with a bugle which doesn't have is it not bugle or yeah, bugle yeah. that doesn't have valves. So it's just overtones on the uh-huh. one on the one setting. So C G C G C D G I can't remember now. <laughs> I'd never heard I've never heard the word overtones used in a musical sense, so you're already beyond me. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um he says Dear Philaria and Puer. Puer, Philaria. Is that like diarrhea? I guess. I guess it has to be. Okay. Yeah. Um, Some years ago, within the walls of a boarding house in an undisclosed English public school within a quaint village setting. Okay. Nice. I awoke after a night of misguided underage drinking. Yeah. I always went on guided nights of underage drinking. Yeah. With uh, a Sherpa, a Nepalese guy, would walk us through the town. Yeah, yeah. He's sort of pointing to pubs and he would say, and, and he would say in there is booze and food. And we'd go, wow, so wise. He can just tell. <laughs> we don't have those eyes, you know. We can't see. <laughs> um, he knows this weatherspoon like his back, the back of his hand. His people have drunk <laughs> from this weatherspoon's for generations they know it like no one else there is research that his lungs have adjusted to the air in weatherspoons <laughs> he actually can't smell any of the piss anymore <laughs> if he doesn't drink two and a half percent real ale before it goes off just before it goes off he actually gets very sick he needs it a Weatherspoon Sherpa. Yeah, so. Uh, he says, I could just about through my agony make out the sound of my housemaster chuckling amusedly to himself as he closed the door to the dorm, leaving me to stew in the secondhand stench of Glenn's vodka, kebabs, cigarettes, and sorrow. Oof. Boy, 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 boy. His wrath would come later. His wrath? His wrath. Housemaster. Yeah. Okay. This is a pretty cool housemaster, isn't it? To be like, oh, someone had a big night. Oh, no, but he's going to come back and, dis- and, and, and disperse wrath. Okay, okay, here we go, okay. Um, after a few drawn-out moments and self-pitying moans, it dawned on me that today was Remembrance Sunday. Ah. This meant by virtue ah. of... Yes. Uh, this meant by virtue of my membership in this institutionalized hive of middle classery, obligatory attendance to a large remembrance service, uh, which would culminate in a jolly parade down the road uh, into our local Union Jack Layden market town. What could possibly go wrong? Um, <clears throat> after a further spell of wallowing in self pity, I decided there was no way in fuck I was dragging my sorry state down to the school chapel. Skipping the service alone seemed disrespectful enough to the memories of the war dead. Running the risk of spontaneously exploding out of both ends like a rancid firecracker as the last post rang out would take things to an entirely new level of shame. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, although maybe fitting for a sort of scatological reenactment of the conditions at the Somme. 
For a man to explode in mud would be very appropriate, actually. <laughs> As I lay staring at the spinning ceiling, I was in no doubt that the risk of this happening was strikingly real, and then came the fateful decision. I quickly began to crave sustenance. Images of various savoury, hangover-vanquishing snacks and thirst-quenching beverages consumed me. Thus, I resolved to haul myself down to the local co-op and begin the long road to salvation. Co-op? Mm. Mafia run, perhaps? So he's going to cook it himself? He didn't say that. Okay. He said he just wants snacks from the co-op. Snacks? I for me, I can't have snacks if I'm really hungover. I need, like, a hot lump of grease to put, like, like a, a, full, a full English. Or, actually, best of all, dim sum. Dim sum is the best hangover food, and no one knows it but me. Well, this is the... But the trouble is, Phil... This guy, he, well, he, no, well, he's this guy. This guy's under eighteen. You know, he's still at school. He's still got that bounce back. Right. I think he right, could do it with snacks. Um, you just do it with a bag of watsits. Yeah. Yes. Thus, I resolved. Uh, da, 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 da. I managed to sneak out of the school grounds without incident or discovery, following a route which enabled constant hedgerow access in case of involuntary leakage. I arrived at my destination and scudded inside. Uh, assuming that I would soon feel cured. To this day, I have no idea why, in the place of water and other sensible items of food, I opted for, one, a litre of chocolate milk. (laughs) (laughs) You make such weird decisions when you're hungover. Every time I've ever seen chocolate milk and gone, God, I could really drink some chocolate milk. Within a sip at home, I've gone, ugh. This is gloopy so 90s, and isn't it? Syrupy. Milk. I remember. Huh? I remember as a kid thinking, it's so nineties chocolate milk. I remember as a yeah. kid thinking, oh, the perfect drink has been invented, and is this? Yeah, I think once you're an adult, or especially if you, anytime you're in the mood for chocolate milk, you're actually in the mood for something else. It's like when your pregnant people crave charcoal or whatever. It's actually your body wants something else. Right. Don't be, don't fall for it. Yeah. So, um, one, a liter of chocolate milk. Two, a packet of cocktail sausages. That makes more sense. Yes, yes, yes. That I can get on board with for sure. That's quite clever, actually. Yeah. Although the cold, the coldness wouldn't satisfy. Look, whatever. This is Pete's story. Let him tell the truth. Well, he also he can microwave those. Whereas a boarding house, he's not going to be there like in the boarding house, <laughs> cooking a big meal. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I was thinking of like a uni student situation. You're no, right, no, right. no. This is a school boarding house. He a microwave is conceivable, but nothing more. Mm-hmm. Um, three. Soft mints times one. <laughs> that is mad. Soft mints. Soft mints is in one word. You know, like Trevor soft mints, uh, chewy instead of powdery. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, that is crazy. That is really nuts. I guess maybe for your breath, if you think you stink of vodka. And, uh, and cigarettes, yeah. Uh, I collapsed onto a bench outside the fateful co-op and began to inhale my chosen snacks. <laughs> Very quickly, I realized that this combination of ingredients to what already lay within had the effect of casually popping a mento into, the bottle, into a bottle of Coke. <laughs> there you go. With far more disastrous consequences. Panic-stricken, I began trotting along the high street, hoping to get out of sight before disaster struck. I didn't make it far, however and just about managed to get my hand to my face as I explosively, vomit- vo- explosively vomited a chocolate yeah. milk-dominated liquid. Yeah, uh, yeah. so he just made made a colander with his fingers. It's just like... Yeah. Because what what, when you do that instinctively, you cover your mouth when you vomit. What is the logic there that you're just <laughs> going to... 
that you're, you're just going to vomit a sort of palmful and you'll catch it in your hand and put it in the bin. Yeah, or like you'll you'll vomit like through your hand like a little flute. <laughs> you'll pipe it away somehow. I guess you have to appear as if you're making some effort to to save everyone. Yeah, the only people I've ever seen not put a hand anywhere near their face when they vomit are the very drunk or the extraordinarily homeless. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Where they just go, I've, 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 my life is is at the point now where just this just needs to happen and I don't care anymore. Um, yeah. I think so. Yeah, you're right. I think most people' hand goes near the face at least. Um, or on the stomach as if to indicate an oh no I, when I'm about to vomit I put my palm to my forehead as to make a sort of oh boy gesture <laughs> as I vomit <laughs> <laughs> as if you're watching yourself vomit well, look at that <laughs> yeah <laughs> to, to, to semi to semi use one of Glenn Moore's amazing jokes it would be very funny to vomit with your hands on your hips <laughs> um, or arms crossed, <laughs> yeah, like a Russian, like a Russian dancing guy, <laughs> like a Cossack. Um, so he puts his hand in front of his explosive chocolate milk vomit. The deluge hit my hand at such an impact, at such a uh, thing, with such force that it rebounded in all directions, covering me from face and hair to my now ruined mm. shoes. Oh boy. On Remembrance it, Day as well. In perfect synchronization, my bowels gave way. God. Wow. Wow. Just, as you go, and as you think, oh no, it's in my hair, you just shit yourself. Well, this is this brings us back to the Chinese saying, Sang O Xia Tu. Sang O Xia Tu. Yeah. Sang O Xia Tu. You're vomiting and shitting at the same time. God damn. I don't Which know. I don't how... think it happened, but huh? it, it does. I didn't think it actually happened in the real world. I thought it was an old Chinese legend, a myth. But... <laughs> you thought it was something that um, one of the original emperors claimed he could do. <laughs> well, you know the story, uh, the the way that he discovered tea and brought it to the to the kingdom of heaven, the heavenly kingdom, and of course he could vomit and shit at the same time. Um, he says, I don't know how long I stood in this very public space, Processing my situation and planning my next move. I also don't know how I didn't hear the uh, their approach. Raising my gaze, I beheld a drum-beating column of patriotic remembrance barreling past me. <laughs> and the shocked look of its participants as they passed. Naturally, I ran without looking back, spewing as I went. Koji, Pete. Oh, Very man. Good. Lest we forget, Pete. Lest we forget that time you exploded. Yeah. From the top and bottom. I mean, as as people say in response to to some of the poppy shaming, I mean they 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 fought for your freedom to do that to yourself, Pete. So you know, yeah, that's true. And I've exactly. got I've I've got friends who are are in the military or were in the military, and I think that I can confidently say that almost every one of them at some point will have been tremendously hungover for an important parade. For sure, probably for an important battle. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're marching through France, all that lovely wine. And I wonder how many. God, that's a thought. I wonder how many soldiers in the Second World War fought hungover. 
like really hungover. Must have been it must have been quite a regular thing to happen. I don't know. I mean, they didn't get the, only the navy got issued with booze. They got their their rum. But and if you're marching through France, port. Yeah, but they were wine they, hang, hanging around. Yeah, but it was like Belgian border. You know, it's quite far north. Okay. You could be given it, I suppose, by but like they can't be they can't be dishing you out bottles all the time. It's all war effort stuff, isn't it? They're probably all rationing shit. I don't know. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be hung over at the Somme. My great grandfather was at the Somme, Phil. Oh wow! Yeah. What did he think? What did he think of the place? Um, he. Probably had a he, nice time. Yeah. He was a sergeant uh, and in the Second South African Infantry, and I, uh, apparently he would always talk about he captured some German trenches um, mm. on two or three occasions, and he said every time they captured a German trench, it was kind of great because the German trenches had like concrete flooring yeah. and often had electricity and stuff were just amazing yeah. like way better yeah god yeah. sweet um that's why i say if i visit a friend's new place and it's really nice and tidy and well designed i'm like wow it's like a german trench in here yeah <laughs> um let's see this is let's see Aha, uh-huh, okay. Well, my triceps really going now. Is it? It's shaking about, yeah. Um, pump some more. Oh, yeah, 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 our friend uh, George from Daphne, and there's a sign. The sign that's actually on the in the windows of a lot of uh, Chinese <laughs> restaurants, and that says dim sum daily because <laughs> yeah. they serve dim sum every day. And George said that that sounded like a Chinese newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> the dim sum daily, <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, if the diver Tom Daly got really into Chinese food. <laughs> old dim sum daily over there or like oh no that's what you call someone who um loves dim sum so much that they just dive into it and eat like a pig <laughs> all right dim sum daily <laughs> that's me on a hangover <laughs> um yeah you're a dim sum daily went on a hangover so Haley says uh dear philly the poo and Pierre shit. What are these plays on? Philly the Pooh. Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, Winnie the Pooh, yeah, okay. And Pierre shit. Piglet? Right, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean We'll have to assume that's it, yeah. Yeah, that's that was a t- <laughs> that was a tough one to translate. Um I regret to say I'm a Pistorian. <laughs> no one has been candid enough to regret it yet but uh, thank yeah. you for your honesty Haley. don't get me wrong I'm glad to have stumbled upon Budpod which has provided much joy despite the occasional sense of repulsion um, <laughs> the issue here is that I started listening from episode 1 on the same day that your 100th episode was released and by 105 I was fully caught up wow wow a grueling march 
gosh. Talk about the psalm. That's an aural psalm. Yeah. For sure. I was fully caught up. Take from that what you will. But personally, I worry what the sheer amount of poo stories does to the human psyche in such a short time. Um, I was hooked by the Gina Martin episode. Episode two. Ah, yes. I think. Yes, we, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We thought that it could be like a sort of magazine interview show. We're yeah. still figuring it out. Uh, at which point, the pod was shaping up to be informative yet entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still that. Well, eventually, um, we evolve the show to finally become neither. Yeah. Oh, here we three, two, one. Oh, my! Can you hear that? Oh yeah. The thing. The thing plays a little. A little fun tune to say that I'm, I'm I'm finished with my electrocution. I'm done electrocuting you. Boom, bing, bong. Yeah, but they also play this tune at the end of Executions in Texas, funnily enough. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, um, it's off. So, it's says, alive! I was hooked by the Gina Martin episode, at which point the pod was shaping up to be informative yet entertaining. Instead, I have just relived the chaos of the last two years, essentially from the perspective of someone who's constantly shitting their shorts. I can't say I'm disappointed, just slightly perturbed. Um, anyway, happy to say I'm three weeks post my first COVID vaccine, which happened to be the Oxford vaccine. This is an old email, by the way. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, sounds like it. Presumably meaning I'm riddled with blood clots. However, I also happen to know that taking the birth control pill brings with it an increased risk of blood clots with a rate of roughly 6 in 10,000 people. In, uh, yeah. Significantly more than the supposed rate for the Oxford vaccine. This begs the question, does the EU not know anything about medicine? Or is it just because now people with a uterus, without a uterus, might be affected? Good slam, and even more yes, satisfying yes. to read Haley, knowing that they've had to do a big humiliating U-turn. The U, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the yeah. whole Astra- AstraZeneca thing, that was the most pathetic. Almost made me a Brexiteer, the whole AstraZeneca thing. I did, a, I did a joke tweet where I said uh, it was like two pictures. And the first picture was like a picture of that crazy EU guy, who's uh, pro-EU guy who still camps outside Parliament shouting, stop Brexit. Yeah. Right, so it was a picture of him. And I was like, captioned that one, me 99% of the time. And then the yeah. second picture <laughs> was Nigel Farage pulling a face. And then it was me when the EU um, un- unjustly criticizes the vaccine or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right, just a joke. But... um. Two, two fairly prominent, um, uh, quite tedious comedians unfollowed me over there. Wow. Yeah. When I say fairly really? prominent, I'm talking like Radio 4 prominent, not like national legends. Right. Uh, they've unfollowed you over that joke. And, and are these prominent comedians, you call them on like pro-EU, I guess? Um, I mean, they're or definitely pro-EU, EU, but I would say they're the kind of people who like 99% of their tweets are just like quote tweeting stuff saying this or going god it's a disgrace like they're not you know oh jesus they're not fun people oh boy um but yeah i thought that was very uh, big overreaction this. very silly very silly even awesome. even to pretend to be nigel farage even as a joke was too much phil <laughs> these people couldn't cope Apparently, with that level of assault anymore taking a flight what was a greater cause a greater risk of blood clots than the AstraZeneca vaccine, I think. Mad, yeah, mad. Um, so, uh, Haley says, I feel obliged to end with most uncool, cool thing, inside jokes. Yes, that's, that's a good. good one. That's a really good one. That's inside good. jokes, if, if you're inside them, so much fun. If you're outside them, 
the most obnoxious, lame thing in the fucking world. Incomprehensible and unbearable. Unbearable. <laughs> Unbe- I think it's fundamentally, it's unbearable to watch other people enjoy themselves when you aren't. Maybe this is just specific to me. I- <laughs> but when it's... <laughs> that might be quite specific to you. It's not only you, but that's a very you thing to say. <laughs> But yeah, an inside joke is sort of the ultimate form of that. I remember a really specific detail that always pops into my head regarding inside jokes or like movie references uh, from an episode of Recess. Oh, I remember Recess. Holy shit. That was yeah. a good cartoon, Recess. So TJ. Well, that was the main guy, right? TJ. Yeah. TJ. Um, Gret- Gretel? Gretchen. Gretchen. Gretchen, yeah. Spinelli. Spinelli. I don't know what those kids are doing now. Ah, they're all dead. Um, (laughs) They've gone to the big recess in the sky. Yeah, that's a permanent recess for them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, There's an episode where one of the characters, like, there's there's like a movie, a big movie, a silly comedy movie comes out, and it's essentially like Anchorman, right? Uh Uh-huh. And everyone watches it and loves it. And this one kid, one of the main characters, I can't remember which one, either isn't allowed to go see it or, like, misses out on seeing it. Um, and they're just, like, it's unbearable torture because all day people are, like, saying quotes from it and everyone's laughing and they're just like, I don't understand! And it just, I remember <laughs> at one point they're just um, standing around or doing something and one of them says, no more gravy, well, pardon my ladle. And everyone laughs, and they just clutch their head and scream and run out. That's a good show. A good and in my head now, that's every in-joke, is no more gravy, well, pardon my ladle. What scene was that in the film? It's such a good line. <laughs> well, pardon my ladle. Well, pardon my ladle. And Phil, with what we know now about who ends up writing all the best kids' TV and stuff, we know that that person was probably... Uh, a stand-up comedian or in a punk band or god knows yeah they've been writing it from a very sort of adult highly experienced place mm. so no and wonder it was a good line so if 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 anyone knows who wrote that line then uh, let us know i mean that's a, it's a stretch pierre it's a stretch <laughs> it's a reach but <laughs> if anyone knows who wrote one specific line in the cartoon show i'd forgotten about until pierre mentioned it just then do yeah. write in. Do write in. We will really appreciate that. The or worst I'll just part Google of it. the worst part of when you're sort of on the perimeter of an inside joke, and yeah. people are laughing their heads off, and you 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 do that pathetic. Uh, and then we mentioned this before. What's this? What's this? <laughs> um, sorry. What? What's this? What's this? And someone just takes a break from their laughing to go. Oh, this uh, is nothing. <laughs> That bit makes me want to kill everyone in the room. <laughs> With a I, uh, there's nothing worse. I don't think we covered this on, on the What's This episode, but I was going to say there's nothing worse than where it's like, normally the person saying What's This is is inherently feels a bit lower status, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also agonizing when you and the, the friend who's done an in-joke and you laugh, the person saying What's This is like already higher than you, like is like, Someone you're trying to impress or someone you admire, that's much worse. Mm, interesting. Because then you try your absolute best to get them in on the joke. Yeah. And you go, no, it's really funny. So there was this guy um, and, he, and he used to... So so when we lived, um, 
we so we lived near this Turkish restaurant, and and, and you can just see them their eyes glazing over. <laughs> you can see. Yeah, but they've they've also made this decision that well, I've got myself into this. I have to at least hear this out. Yeah, and then if they're kind, if they're a kind person, they'll go, oh, ha 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 ha, like a kind of like nominal like mm-hmm. a peppercorn rent of a laugh, and then uh, a peppercorn rent. Yeah, so a peppercorn rent is when you charge someone rent for something, but it's like one peppercorn a year. That's what it's called. A peppercorn. I'm. You've I've never, never heard, this. heard this phrase. A peppercorn rent. So it's a phrase where, no, like, um, you've dreamt this. No, 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 no. Um, if, if like land is held in trust, and it's like uh, the queen will let the people have this library, but for one p a year, like that's referred mm-hmm. to as a peppercorn rent, because there has to legally be a rent charged, because it means that you're not giving up your rights as the person who owns the property, but you're not enforcing a rent on anyone either. It's just nominal. Like you know no, how sometimes peppercorn. um, it's like the rent equivalent of when sometimes a CEO takes like a one dollar a year salary. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and and it used to be like nice. an example of that would be a single peppercorn a year, or a month. Nice, because people could pay for stuff in peppercorns because pepper was rad, delicious. I can now never use that phrase "peppercorn rent" on like TV or something because when I do, any pod buds who see it will go, "I know the episode of Phil learnt that phrase," <laughs> so I now can never use it. Why can't you use it? <laughs> Because it'd be too embarrassing. Because I will say it <laughs> on a TV show <laughs> as if I've always known the phrase. And any pod buzz watching will go, not fucking idiot. I, I can pinpoint the episode where he so, learned that phrase. <laughs> so you think, you think in your head, you'll be on TV and you'll say it. And then distantly, as if from the car park, you hear someone going, you're a fraud. <laughs> yes. You're a fraud. That's how my mind works. Doesn't yours work that way? No. I can... <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't born knowing the phrase, you know. Right. You got to learn it. People should not. You got to learn it somewhere. To pinpoint the moment you learn something. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would want people to know that you'd never learned anything, or that you'd learn stuff in private, like like wanking or shitting. I learned everything in the womb, Pierre. Okay, <laughs> on my own. <laughs> You never knew that phrase before you learned it. Oh fuck, they're on to me. <laughs> oh, shit. It would just it would just be embarrassing. I'm just picturing it now. So if you me if you if, <laughs> I'm on roast battle and I've somehow you I've somehow worked the phrase peppercorn rent into my roast. <laughs> into my roast of I don't know. Um Jeff Goldblum. Well, you say you say. Let, let's just say that I live in Jeff Goldblum's head, not rent free, but at a peppercorn <laughs> rent. I pay a peppercorn rent in Jeff Goldblum's head. Yeah, and it'll get a huge laugh in the room, obviously. But obviously, then, but then it'll be Podbuzz <laughs> watching at home, going, "Pierre taught him that in episode <laughs> one three seven. No, um, Jeff Goldblum will turn to look at you, and his eyes will glint menacingly. <gasps> And, and he'll then, say, in that moment, I'll go, oh, Jeff's a pod bud. Oh, no. That's, I thought oh, no. I heard him say Koji when we shook hands, but I wasn't sure and I couldn't check. I, just, I thought he was just making a wacky Jeff Goldblum noise, but he was saying Koji. <laughs> oh, shit. And his eyes flash and he turns to you and says, oh, where, where, where'd, you, where'd, you, where'd, you, where'd you learn that? 
And the whole audience goes quiet because <gasps> they all know as well. <laughs> this is exactly why I can never use Peppercorn Rent. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've made my point now. Look, you've made a compelling case for the risks involved. <laughs> um, so, so Haley was saying regarding inside jokes, I can't help but uh, I couldn't help but think. Oh no, sorry. Okay, most uncool, cool thing: inside jokes. Um, after listening to over one hundred hours of Bud Pod in a matter of weeks, I can't help but think I had no choice but to start from the beginning, lest I miss the conception of a critical inside joke. Fair mm, enough, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that's a reason I would also feel compelled to start at this beginning. Yeah. Sure, we feel cool having a secret collection of words and phrases that relate to a funny moment, although no one can remember how it started. But we will always sound crazy to some degree in the presence of people not in on it. Not only that, but how annoying when you're in a group of people who almost talk exclusively in inside jokes that you don't understand. Yeah, that's 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 dreadful, and those people are, are bad people. I think... Yeah, I think Podbud, like, actually, for a podcast, ours is relatively inside joke free. I feel like you could more or less jump in at any point and you won't be excluded from too much. I think ours has got references, but, like, I think, like, if, if, if in an episode we go, oh, like the Joker, or we always say everything's like the Joker, then immediately you already, you can go, you can laugh at that because it's already explained by virtue of mentioning it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fine. There are some other inside joke references, but we don't lean on them. We're not reliant. Yeah. Um. Well, like even before, like when you when you brought up what's this as a concept, you you sort of said oh like the other episode, but then you just said what it was. So yeah, yeah, it's all good. Sense, I'd yeah. say. Uh, coolest uncool thing she says: the Earth. Oh, very clever. Yeah, she's got you. Very clever, and on, yeah. at, at COP26 as well, very perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, think global warming leading to global cooling. See also, Texas. Koji, Haley. Very nice. Also, we, we failed to mention the the, um, the serendipity of reading Pete's Remembrance Day story earlier. Remembrance yeah. Day is, the, the, is, well, tomorrow. When this uh, comes out. Remembrance Day is on the the actual eleventh. It would be tomorrow when this comes out. Yes, and then the the oh, Remembrance the Sunday, Sunday is is, on is obviously on Sunday. Sunday. Hence the name. Hence the um, name Remembrance, the old Latin word for Sunday. That's right. Well, I um I was always I was always doing stuff on that because of course throughout school because I was very cool and popular. I was in the army cadet thing, the the CCF. So we were always doing stuff. Right, doing stuff. Well, like a parade, like do it, marching yeah. and saluting, and you name it. Well, because I was in, I was part of the music people, and I had a trumpet. I was playing. I played the last post at one at our Remembrance Day service. Did you? Yeah, and I, I played it quite badly because I wasn't very good. It's a lot of pressure. The trumpet, yeah, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people to offend the memory of with bad playing yeah and i i I started off okay because that's easy that's just cg i think fine but the thing about the trumpet is the higher the note the harder it is to do yeah and at that point i started and i was like i can't I can't besmirch the memory of dead heroes 
with them um, uh, during a during my my A levels, and I I just began miming on the trumpet, just just swinging it about my face. <laughs> what do you mean miming? Like just holding the trumpet, pretending like I was playing, but I wasn't. Letting I wasn't me alone playing. Oh, I was going to say playing. you're not going to so get I away with hide. that, Phil. Oh yeah, that that would have been bold if it was just me doing the last pose as a solo. <laughs> and <laughs> I, miss, I miss a couple of notes and just continue with <laughs> just quietly. <laughs> I start doing a different theme tunes. Just any World War Two, World War One stuff. Okay, so you were doing it as part of a whole big band. I see. Yeah, there may be five of us. It wasn't loads. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll never seat, forget the. Know. I'll never forget the multiple times I watched as uh, this is on the Isle of Man, remember, in the freezing wind and rain, a quivering fourteen-year-old brass instrument player tried to pop out the last post mm. as we <laughs> stood in front of the school cenotaph. Icy, yeah. icy wind. Um, it's, um, it's a high-pressure gig for sure. Yeah, God, I, I never envied it, and I and I was happy to. March people through a small village. That was that was fine with me. I would rather do that than try and pop that out. Huh? You led the march. Did you lead the march of the cadets? Yeah, I I I directed it. Whoa! Wow, you were into cadets. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. I did it for like uh, five years or however long. Wow. Me and Private Novelli. Me and the pins, Ben Ashenden. Uh, At different schools. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know Ben was in the cadets. I remember him telling me once at uni, and it was when when I was like, I must have been a fresher, and he was a second year or something like that, and it was a minor bonding moment of going, ah, you too were uh, um, odd enough to do that. <laughs> ah, stomping around in my big boots, Phil. Clomp, clomp. That's right. Clomp, clomp, indeed. And clomp, clomp to all of you listening at home. um have uh i would say that's 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 our time have a good week yes uh, um, listeners yep uh can't wait for you to listen again to listen Mm -hmm. again to us next week tell your friends have a good uh, remembrance uh what else i guess that's it Yes. Um, if you're interested in, in learning more about the Second World War, I recommend any of the books by James Holland, who's very good. Who oh. uh, He does a podcast with Al Murray. Oh, yeah. Um, on uh, Second World War, which is very good. Uh, Al Murray's put out, put out a good a little history, very readable history book about yes. the last hundred years. Yes, yeah. Called The Last Hundred Years, Give or Take, and all that. And it came out over lockdown. It's good, really good. Good yeah. overview of stuff. Yeah, so give that a look, and otherwise we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.